0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Your Browns tie the Philadelphia Eagles 18-18. Some good, some bad, some ugly in terms of the finish of the game. Everything covered for you here from a post-game reaction standpoint including some time on the Twitch with Brad, Mike, and Andrew checking out the latest OBR film breakdown. Mm What's up, guys? What's happening? Welcome in to your latest OBR Film Breakdown. This is not the episode we hoped it would be because we like to do these victory episodes, even if it's just the preseason. But nonetheless, missed field goal late, two missed field goals, if you include the penalty, makes it an 18-18 finish as neither team can score inside the final minute and a half. And, you know, it kind of ruins the vibe a little bit, but from a long week in Philly, right, the Browns were there. Starting early in the week, but nonetheless, you felt like the Browns competed pretty well with the Eagles, you know, one day to the next the Eagles, one a day, Browns, one a day, whatever you want to do that shenanigan felt like they competed well with them. And I thought this game, the Browns competed with them pretty well, too. Uh, it ends, like I said, 1818. As far as numbers for the game, Dorian Thompson Robinson goes 13 of 25, 164 uh, ends up taking one sack, but doesn't have an, uh, an interception or a touchdown. Kellen Mond goes 12 of 24, 126, and he does throw a touchdown. That touchdown goes to Austin Watkins, who on 14 targets had seven catches for buck 39, including, like I said, a touchdown. Anthony Schwartz had four catches for 33. Demetric Felton had three catches for 12 yards. Mike Harley, two for 16. Hassan Hall, two for 11. Cedric Tillman had a fantastic sluggo on that first drive, two catches overall for 50 yards for him. Jordan Wilkins. One catch for eight, John Kelly, one for three, Miller Forrestall one for nine, David Bell, one for seven, and Zaire mitchell Payton had one for two. On the rushing side, John Kelly, eight carries, 20 yards, Hassan Hall, eight for 16, Demetric Felton, seven for 36, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, four for 18, Jordan Wilkins, three for 18, Mon, two for seven, Anthony Schwartz had a reverse that went for negative five yards. So that's your offensive output in this game. I want to hit on the big players before we get over to the post-game show. I thought DTR played pretty good football, took care of the ball, made some throws downfield, a couple inaccurate throws downfield, but I did like his his double-move throw to, to Cedric Tillman. I thought he... Again, displayed a lot of uh, poise and charisma in in terms of what he was asked to do, deliver some throws. There were some some nice arm talent throws on display, really ripping the football. Had some inaccuracies. You know, it's going to happen every now and again. There were also a couple plays where you could see his internal clock was kind of pushing him a little faster than it should have been pushed. But another strong performance. Collectively looking at his preseason, he's made very few mistakes, made a ton of great throws, pushing again, very much trending, depending on what happens in Kansas City into a spot where he could be the backup quarterback from the start of the season. So I like that from DTR. Kelamond was fine. Not going to spend much time on Kellamond. He's going to be a practice squad quarterback, either in Cleveland or somewhere else. He's not going to be on the 53-man roster this year. Uh, The running game, John Kelly, obviously with that early fumble, which was was a gross way to end that first drive, which is such a fun first drive. I, I didn't feel like he played very well. He only ran two and a half yards of carry. Hassan Hall, not seeing enough from him to justify even a practice squad spot. He goes, and they might do that just by virtue of how many guys are on the roster uh, or have been around or what they want to do, like going out and signing. It can get a little tricky, but I don't really like much of his game. I don't find it redeemable. Demetrik Felton, 7 for 36, so his 5.1 yards per carry was really strong. I like his gun run ability. it's comfortable. He makes people miss. He does a nice job, kind of the shifty oily hip stuff where you can make a guy miss the line of scrimmage, kind of jump cut into your next uh, location, you know, where you take off, whatever, whatever. He he looks comfortable operating in that system, which is obviously what he's most comfortable with back when he was running back at UCLA, right beside, ironically, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So I feel pretty good about Demetric Felton as a third back. I don't think they need to stress that all too much. Now it's just a matter of if Jerome Ford is going to be back to handle the second back roll so we'll have to see about that but they only ran for 110 yards on 33 carries 3.3 yards a carry not all too strong of a day collectively Jordan Wilkins some couple decent runs but need to see him in more meaningful moments we'll see if they get an opportunity with Kansas City Austin Watkins is going to play in the NFL somewhere he's going to make a 53 either in Cleveland or somewhere else i I, I again think he could be a player in Cleveland he could be into the wide receiver room player who can play if injuries happen and he can find the field he does a lot of things quite competently catches the football well has some route nuance that he understands the, the move before the move uh, he, he does a nice job with that uh, I'll talk a bit more about it in the postgame show but Watkins deserves to play somewhere and it's up to Cleveland whether that's going to be here or somewhere else because I think if you release him and try to get him on the practice squad I have a hard time seeing every team in the league pass him over uh, otherwise, Anthony Schwartz was 4 for 33. Fine, he caught a couple more difficult balls than he normally does, but let another third down throw go through his hands. He just is surface level not good enough to be an NFL player. That's We'll leave it at that. We talk about Cedric Tillman's double move. He's going to be fun. They're going to use him in a, a wide variety of ways. Uh, that That's the skill position, guys, that are of note. Offensive line, DeWand. we'll talk more about it when we get the All-22. Certainly some moments where Nolan Smith is a professional pass rusher, which he has not seen enough of playing against the guys He's playing against. Uh, speaking of Dewan there, he he had some moments. Got his hands lifted one time where it allowed Smith to turn the corner. Uh, the, again, he won some reps. Smith won some, but you can see where, you know, it's not going to be as easy as it is looked at times for him based on the competition that he is playing against. On the defensive side, Mahmoud Diabate, Hey man, said it after the Commanders game. Like this guy can play. He he belongs. Uh, he's fringe 53, which is a a UDFA making the 53 is, is impressive. And I think he should make the 53 and it was on display tonight. Not perfect. Missed some tackles in space. I'll elaborate more here on the shift over to the post game, but a really impressive performance. Obviously a forced fumble. He had a tackle in the end zone, a TFL for a safety. He led the team with seven tackles on the night, played a lot of the night, obviously trying to give him as many reps as possible to get him ready to go for for whatever role that might be. He was out there on kickoff team, did a great job. He is displaying a lot of poise in a position he is learning and evolving in. And I couldn't be more impressed with Mahmoud Diabate. Just I, I continue to expound upon what I wrote after last game, which I, I think he is a 53-man rosterable player. Tanner McAllister had six tackles, DeAnthony Bell five. Gavin Heslop, who made a nice pass breakup. Unfortunately, Tyree Cleveland was seriously hurt on that play. He had four tackles. Tony Fields is going to be a depth linebacker. He looks the part. He had three tackles. Cam Mitchell had three. thought Cam Mitchell played well. Caleb Biggers, three. Charlie Thomas, three. And then a slew of guys with two and one. Mike Ford, Cam Bright, Isaiah Isaiah McGuire, Lonnie Phelps, so on and so forth. Uh, Sacks, quite a few uh, sacks in this one. As if you watch, Mariota took some sacks. He took three. Tanner McKee took three. Neither of those guys played very well on the Philly side. Mo Hurst had a sack, a, a really uh, a really nice effort there. Tommy Togi, Charles Wiley, Lonnie Phelps, Tanner McAllister on an edge rush. Same for Caleb Biggers on the blitz there. Jeremiah Martin also had a, a, a half a sack each there. Caleb Biggers and Jeremiah Martin. So you really 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 like that. The forced fumble, like I said, by Diabate. The recovery by Cam Mitchell. The safety brought together there by Diabate. All really good stuff. The interception of the night, Ronnie Hickman caught from a, from a deep sa- deep safety alignment caught a ball that sailed uh, I think Mariota was the one that threw that one it sailed and he did a great job getting down underneath that football uh, to make that play so you, you again you really like you really like that effort uh, and unfortunately left with a concussion A guy we all like Ronnie Hickman we'll have to see how serious that injury is guys uh, tackles in the pass game Tanner McAllister had five defending the pass Diabate had four those are your top two DeAnthony Bell had three. We'll break all that down in the coming days as we do our All 22 recap stuff. But yeah, that's that's the big part of it. I mean, Cade York, you have to talk about it. Made three kicks early in the game, pressure moment, missed it, pushed it right, got another chance because of a penalty, pulled it left. It's a huge part of the conversation. We don't get into it on the post game until about 20 minutes into the show because we want to talk about other things first. But it's a lingering conversation, and we're gonna have to talk about it, and uh, I have a simple response to it, but we're going to have to talk about it uh, as a collective Browns community over the next few days until they go out to Kansas City and then ultimately waiting an additional week after the preseason ends. As you know, they get that week off in between. You're going to have a lot of banter around that decision to keep Kate or whatever they do. It feels like they're going to commit to him, at least for the early portion of the season. So we shall see. I'm going to shift over to... The post game show, which reminder? It's pretty late gets a little loose conversation, some laughter happens. It's a little less formal as we get into the season and we separate our one o'clock or early kicks from our late post game show. We're not doing it immediately after the game. We'll do it a little bit later. uh just a reminder kind of how that's gonna structure this year. We're gonna do those kind of step away from the game, you know maybe even rewatch parts of it and then come together for a seven thirty before the late night Sunday night football games. Uh, we're going to come together again and kind of do a show about an hour recapping everything we saw and stepping away from it. So the emotion isn't all too crazy there. I think sometimes that can get a little, uh, it can it can sort of, see, sort of seep into you, you know, what you're saying can be emotionally driven. And we don't want to do that. We want to give you step back analysis so you know the good and bad of your Cleveland Browns. Um, but yeah, these shows, the any primetime games such as this one, obviously it's going to happen right after. You can't wait until the next morning or something like that. So we're going to do those right after. So it's myself. It is Andrew Spade hosting, Mike Keefe, Brad Ward. That'll be the usual group. We'll have some others pop in and out, but that'll be the group. So let's shift over there. We talk about a ton of different stuff from the game, go through players we liked, people who hurt their stock, helped their stock, everything in between, some good banter on the kicking stuff at the end too. So enjoy it. Your Browns, 18-18, still undefeated. No, they're not. I'm sorry. Take that back. They lost by two last week. They're not undefeated. They are uh, technically Oh, one and one. They don't count the Hall of Fame game, I think, towards a preseason record. So I know you're all counting out there, but uh, they'll have a chance in Kansas City to get on the winning side of things before they start the regular season. So we will be there to cover all of that as well. I'm going to shift over to the postgame show now. Thanks for swinging by today. Check back in on uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that on Saturday, likely Saturday, perhaps Sunday. We'll see how the environment is around the family who's recovering from covid around me. Uh, how that looks to to get some time to to break down the all 22 and have insights for you over the weekend. I promise you I'll get you something there. So, thanks for checking in today's show. Now over to the OBR post-game coverage. Before we do that, there's a quick word from our sponsors. Check that out. Good show after. Thanks for being here, guys. Go Browns. You ever been up against buying tickets last minute, can't figure out how to get it done. The OBR group recently tried to go to the Browns preseason. We were up against the clock trying to figure out if we could get tickets hooked up if we needed to buy them we had to end up buying them went to the game time app and let me tell you this is the best place to find tickets it should never be stressful they pride themselves on making it as seamless as possible killer deals on last minute tickets the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun you're gonna have if you're starting to poke around about getting tickets for browns Bengals week one this is the place you need to go GameTime has everything you need. You don't have to plan months in advance, but if you do, they have deals on tickets now all the way up until the day. You get images from the seats you'll be sitting in to know what you're looking at, what the view will be, get that low price guarantee. And then talking again, those exclusive flash deals on tickets are what makes the app so great. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less They'll credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You get those images from your seats. You get tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. They're sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. So here's what you need to do. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the promo code quite simply OBR for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code OBR for $20 off. If you want to use the URL, it's GameTime.co, okay? But the app is where it's at. It's a perfect app. Download the GameTime app today. Promo code OBR, $20 off, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: What's going on, everybody? Uh, The uh, Eagles and the Browns tie 18-18 for the third or second preseason game of the uh, 2023 season. It depends on how you count the Hall of Fame game. Uh, It was, uh, I would say, overall a pretty boring game played between mostly players that won't be on the roster for each team, (laughs) but I do think there were some things that stood out, as always, and, and it's our job to stay up late with you here and break it down, so... Uh, that's what we're going to do. I've got, uh, with me, I've got Brad Ward. I've got Jake Burns. I've got, uh, garage beers, Mike, you know, him as garage beers, Mike. Uh, and he's, uh, more of an old fashioned Mike tonight from what I understand, but Brad, I want to, I want to go to you first. Cause if I remember correctly after the hall of fame game, I, I ended up, you were like the, the fourth guy in the rotation. So I want you to be first and oh wow, I, I want to not, I, here's what I want to do. I want to challenge us to not talk about the kicker for 10 minutes. Let's start the clock now. Six minutes elapsed right now. So let's go to 16 minutes on that timer and see if we can spend 10 minutes talking about everything in this game that isn't the kicker. And then we'll unload on that son of a bitch for like a half hour.
4: Can you guys believe he missed that kick, by the way?
3: All right. Well, (laughs) so Brad, other than the kicker. Yeah. tell Tell me something you liked about this game and something you didn't like from a Browns perspective. A player or a decision or a wow. you know roster move that sort of thing that you liked and you didn't like
5: okay uh how can you not like Austin Watkins right yep. i mean jesus uh, this guy has forced his way i don't know how you can't put him on the roster at this point uh you got to. He's pretty, pretty remarkable in uh, darden and in Jakeem grant are doing themselves no favors by not participating so right. he definitely has a path to the roster at this point I think you could slot him in at six and that would make a lot of sense. Although you do miss out on a speed element that at one point he doesn't provide. At one point you figured that was going to be that role there. Uh, Schwartz can go. Uh, the, the thing that I was most disappointed in tonight, I guess, was um, I wanted to see more of Hickman. Two things. I wanted to see more of Hickman. He got a concussion after an interception, although, uh, you know, and I didn't think bell played particularly well, uh, in coverage. So I would have liked to have seen more of Hickman. And then the other thing was, I wanted to see more Jordan Wilkins. He got what, uh, they gave him a couple carries down the stretch, but he ran for six a pop. I mean, and caught the ball nicely out of the backfield. I would have liked to have seen more of him.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with all of those, and I think the Hickman injury is a disappointing one because he seemed like he was on quite a trajectory over the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I'll go to you next. Uh, same question. Something you you enjoyed seeing and something that you, you didn't like.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, the enjoyment, I think we're all going to say the same thing, but Austin Watkins, man. Yeah. I, I mean, to have a guy come out, and I, I know the competition that it's against and whatever, but we're talking about the depths of a Super Bowl-caliber team, to come out against the depths of a Super Bowl-caliber team and catch seven passes for 139 yards. And that, that drive that he scored the touchdown on, that was all Austin Watkins on that drive. I mean, he was spectacular right there. Um, measurables aside, yeah, this is a guy that's showing you that he's a football player. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I, one thing I'll say is I think just with the current state of the Browns wide receiver situation, um, to say it's like a Watkins or Bell thing, I don't know if that's where it's at. With, with, with Goodwin out and with these other guys not really participating, um, I don't know that you don't keep Bell and Austin Watkins. But the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the guy was – the guy's showing you that he's a player. And sometimes the measurables don't measure the player. And, and and he's got the heart of a player, and and I don't know what that means for him, his whole career. But he's really exciting to watch right now. And it's really hard to not put him on the field uh, uh, with with the with the team as yep. they go into the season. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I, I guess I'm not really disappointed by anything other than what we don't want to talk about. I guess I. Yeah. I, I, I there's there's just nothing. For me to be overly disappointed about, we yeah. didn't, we didn't see the guys that are gonna disappoint me. I, I, I liked Brad's point. I'm disappointed that Hickman got injured. Yeah, I'm sad for the Eagles that they had guys just carted off left and right. But like, yeah, there's nothing in this game that I feel like, man, I'm really just highly disappointed about. I, th- yeah. I think it was just. A really a, a nice time to see these guys yeah. trying to make the roster yeah. play against a depth for a good football team. I'm cool with that.
3: Mike Mike was at the hotel bar. He had a few a few cocktails and he's fine. He's fine with whatever happens, man. Just let, Hell it, yeah. let it roll. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's having a great night. 1818 and
4: somewhere 1818 and somewhere Donovan McNabb is confused into his bowl of chunky soup. <laughs> That's what happened tonight. <laughs> uh
3: now jake i know that i i have a feeling anyway that you are excited about a player that is not austin watkins uh so know, same to you about I know who, it uh, is. who you like and, and what you didn't like from tonight
1: <laughs> yeah i i thought watkins was fun with getting 14 targets they they clearly want to get him the ball i just kind of wanted yeah, to elaborate it's on interesting right bit.
3: how much they're pushing it to
1: him. yeah he had 14 targets schwartz had 10 so the, there's obviously um inclination to throw the football sort of to your outside receivers because that's where zones in terms of off coverage are softest, right? Quarterbacks who are younger, games moving quicker, outside throws look a little bit more comfortable than in that congested tackle box. So that's not all too surprising. But there's certainly a level of comfort with him. I think I want to, you know, I want to be kind of careful with Watkins. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's a rosterable player. I I, I kind of tweeted that out. I think he's either on cleveland's roster or someone's scooping him up there there are not enough receivers he's very competent he is um the ceiling by which i don't know what that looks like because he is you know for the comparison's sake i know a lot of people see like the 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 body style is very similar to jarvis and he's wearing 80 and he's got the same face mask i almost wonder if he's in on the bit a little bit (laughs) but, but uh he is not, like, I want to be kind of clear. He's got a bigger body. He doesn't run as fast. He lacks a little bit of that route nuance. I mean, Jarvis, yeah. again, like, people are trying to make that comparison. Jarvis was an all-pro. I mean, he knew some things about figuring out how to find production at the upper level. He's very twitchy, and he had, uh, a, a, again, a really impressive stop-start. Walkers doesn't have that, but he gets to places relatively with, uh, I would I would say – Places that are difficult for receivers to get to. He finds a way to get to the, the to those spots, and it's impressive enough for me to be a depth receiver in the NFL. I'm not. I, I think if you're like, well, Watkins comes and he's gonna he's gonna take 500 yards and he's gonna replace David Bell. I don't know any of that yet. I don't know any of that, but I do know that he's a rosterable player. And if they were to lose an X and they didn't want to put Tillman uh, and like kind of isolate him to that role and still want to move him around, that 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 role is something he can handle. I will say that, like, to me. He is, um, you know, I, a lot of people are like, well, trade Donovan Peoples-Jones now. I don't know if people understand how healthy the Browns were at skill positions last year. Right. It's been a very popular sentiment about like, well, you can move on from DPJ if you get a good offer. I understand what people are trying to do. You're always trying to pull from strength to pass to a weakness. But like you you had health with Amari, who's typically a very dinged up player. You know, you had frontline health with uh, with Donovan. Uh, obviously referencing him and this is as, as this example, but you want to have as many competent wide receivers week to week as you can injuries, nicks happen and they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. And I think Watkins can make a lot of sense for that final role. You know, again, Brad and I talked about this before the game, the whole, you can't make the club from the tub thing. Some guys are just playing themselves out. I, I mean, if they may, if some of these guys who are not playing, make the roster, it tells you that there's a lot of belief from the coaching staff yep. that those are yep. real players. Uh, yeah. To your guys' point, Mah- uh, Mahmoud Diabate was fun. He's been fun. I've you know, the, the hall of fame game was, it, it was like, okay, there's some things here. I like the, the processing speed. I don't think people remember that at Utah, he started at Florida, then went to Utah for a year, was very much a rush player. He was not an off ball linebacker, like a true off ball backer. So he's learning this stuff as he goes. Obviously, the athletic profile fits. You can see it, but he's really, the mental side of it, I think like, is really processing things really well. I thought last week against Commanders, some strong read and react tackles near the line of scrimmage. Obviously, he can blitz. Schwartz loves to bring a fifth back or a fifth uh, blitzer or rusher of some kind. He fits that role. He can do that. Another guy who, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to make uh, a starting rotation, right? I'm not saying he's taking JOK or walk spot but we know the injury issues there and you're looking for traits. He can run. He reacts pretty well. I think he's got a pretty good feel for coverage uh, in terms of just feeling out routes for an early developmental player at that position. And I think he can blitz and he can get home to the quarterback when they put him in a specific blitz call. So to me, those two stood out the most impressive. Hickman had a rough first quarter with some tackle stuff, but he did make a great low interception there. I wish we would have seen him more. We have not had any update on that. I'm not totally sure what's going on. Uh, yeah. Concussion, I think, is what we've been when, kind of lingered to. But um, anyway, uh, Diabate, we'll watch the film, kind of break it all down. But he stands out. Two two huge momentum-swinging plays on top of being a But He missed a few tackles, too. But, again, he's getting used to playing in space. You're talking about traits. Another guy that if they do, like, hey, we'll we'll get him to the practice squad. I, I'm not – he should have been drafted. He should have been drafted, yeah. and I think someone scoops him up. So I wouldn't yeah. be inclined to do that if they could avoid it. And I'd taken yeah. him over somebody like Jordan uh, Kun- Kunasic. Did I get yep. it right? Yep. Oh, baby. I've been Dude, you nailed ever. that. Thank yeah. you. A yeah. uh, yeah. little victories. Perfect. But that's my guy. You guys know I like yeah, yeah, to yeah, I tried to make a note of it. He played really well, made highlight you plays. Called your shot. He was also – in the right spots is is a thing like i i need to see you as a linebacker do you you know can you handle the athletic portion of the position and then are you in the places you're supposed to be and sometimes and this is the thing with jok you're even in places you're not supposed to be and that's a good thing like they'll talk about jok's missed tackle rate sometimes and i'm like well hey he gets to places and puts himself in position to make tackles that ordinary linebackers are not accustomed to so like there, there's always going to be a little bit of a give and take on the missed tackle rate. And there were a couple of missed tackles by Diabate tonight, but again, I thought he was in the right places, and he'll get that. I think he'll really grow into that stuff. So excited about him!
3: Yeah, yeah. I think one of the themes that is really emerging through this preseason is that there are guys. that, I mean, the I, I think big picture, the 2023 draft class and then the UDFA's have a chance to be kind of one of. I mean, it, we are. I'm way out ahead of things here right because it's not even they had none of these guys have played in a, in a regular season game and a lot of them might not because of you know where they were drafted and their depth. you know they're, they're really depth players but I think it does have the chance to be a pretty impactful draft for the Browns in terms of what Tillman looks like he could become uh you know the the player that they seem to have you know some of these players that they seem to have found throughout through the UDFA process Dewan Jones potentially looking like he could Develop. I think he had some setbacks tonight playing against Nolan Smith, but looking like he could develop into a, a starter down the road. Um, I, I and I think in in several areas of the roster, you're seeing players that are newer to the team that are outplaying some of the guys that have been here a few years. You know, and I think they're earning spots over guys that have kind of just held spots by default over the past few seasons. Not that the Browns haven't been driving competition throughout the roster. But I do think they've they've kind of gone to a different level this year, and there are some guys that I think felt like they could kind of walk onto the team, you know, by virtue of having been drafted. I, I mean, I think this conversation around David Bell is a really interesting one. I, I don't mean to to slight him. I know that he was an incredibly productive college player, and I, I think that he he showed a certain skill set last year in the NFL. But I don't think, I, at the same time, I don't think he showed anything last year in the NFL that you couldn't also find elsewhere fairly easily. And so if you, if you find a player, you know, in a, in a situation like this with Austin Watkins, who seems to have a little bit more of that uh, nuance and shiftiness to him in terms of finding spaces, always being available, making plays, that sort of thing there. I I mean, I, I don't want to overrate the impact of a single preseason game, but there are, there are moments where you realize that some players have the ability to sort of step up and other players don't have that ability. And so I think, we're seeing that sort of across the roster where players that have had less time with this Browns team have a are making a real argument to displace some players that have kind of just been holding a spot here in Cleveland uh, over the past few years. So I, th- I think that's something to be excited about because I think it's what Mike and I have talked through a lot of the offseason is about raising the floor of the roster overall. Um, Brad, I, I want to go back to you because we we did succeed in not talking about the kicker Right off the bat, but obviously, we have to talk about it because it took what was, I think, a pretty uh, overall pretty good night and a night that felt like, okay, the Browns are, as Mike said earlier, competing with a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Even if it's depth on depth, they're they yeah. belong, they're not getting run off the field in any phase. Uh, and that double miss. That that you called, by the way. Let's give Brad Ward all the credit in the world because yeah, he Brad said, nailed that. He said first kick is going to be wide right. I, you didn't speak <laughs> to the penalty and then the wide left, and that's fine because that's you know if you did that we'd start to call you a witch. But uh, you nailed that he was going to miss that first one wide right from forty seven. He did. Got another chance at it from forty one, which is at this point basically an extra point. They move the extra point back forty one. The difference between an extra point and a forty one yard field goal is minimal, and he missed it left and you know something that that jake said on twitter that i think is is key to this whole thing he doesn't know where the ball's going right now when he kicks it i don't see how the browns can go into the regular season with this guy as the kicker at this point i think he has disqualified himself am
5: i crazy about that brett uh no I, I I but you at least have to bring somebody else in right you at least have to bring another body in yep. and and maybe I don't think you have to cut him immediately but you should at least bring somebody else in I, I they've ha- tried to handle him with kid gloves and give him no competition that's not working uh listen every one of his kicks tonight although they went in yep were short enough that it went through the upright before it hooked violently right so uh you know all of his kicks were headed, right. It appeared, uh, he he almost missed the extra point. Uh, it was very close, uh, going straight, right. And then he, you know, overcompensated, obviously, on the last one, it looked like he was trying to, you know, kind of play the, play the fade in there. And and of course it didn't come back, right. And stayed out left and he missed it. So you're right. He doesn't know where it's going. There's a ton of movement on all of his kicks. Uh, it's not staying straight. You know, you do see kickers from a distance at times, like play that fade or whatever, but they know what they're doing and they and they are doing it on purpose. This is clearly not on purpose. Like, he's, yeah. the only time he's making a kick is when uh, he can slice it inside the right upright before it goes to the right or to the left, right? So, And he was uh, able to get short enough kicks to knock a couple in tonight. The, you know, the guys in the booth, Joe Thomas and chris rose we're talking like everything was hunky dory and fixed but i'm looking at watching the kicks going those kicks aren't are not true right those are not true kicks um and uh as we saw at the end there so i definitely think you need to bring a kicker in there are gun listen there are gonna be there are lots of good kickers on rosters right now that have two kicker kickers teams Mm -hmm. that had steady kickers that drafted a kicker that are now going to have to get rid of their kicker. There's kickers everywhere out there right now that are going to need jobs here in a couple weeks. Um, So he's not the only answer. The question is, like, the draft capital, right? Like, how long do you hold on just because of the draft capital? And that really convolutes the situation. Um, And uh, I, I don't know the answer, but I think they've mishandled them a little bit.
4: And, boys, at the, the the post-game press conference from Stefanski, yep. he was asked uh, about bringing in competition for Cade York, and his response was not interested. Now, again, we'll see if Andrew Barry feels differently about that yeah, and, and if the front office feels good. differently. But from a Stefanski perspective, he said not interested. I, I just don't – I don't understand – I don't understand it. I, You know, I'm, i well, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe I got to find, maybe we got to get a kicker on garage beers this week. Maybe that's what we're going to try to do is get a kicker on garage. Because I don't, I don't understand if it's the yips, if it's, I I don't get it. But the fact of the matter is you cannot go into a season expecting a kicker to be 100% Pure, true, all the time, easy making field goals, no issues, no mistakes. They're not perfect, just like your quarterback or your running back or your or your defensive end or whatever. But at what point are we looking at this going? Yeah, uh, are we ever going to be
5: confident in this dude? Yeah, S- Stefanski, S- oh. his job is on the line in the first five games. I don't know yeah. what. Talking about in his press conference, if there's a time to press the panic button about your kicker, it's now, bro. You can't mess around and lose a couple games because of your kicker. Yo, if your
4: kicker, if your kicker goes out and misses a 63 yarder game winner, fine, no big deal. Sure, but if you're putting your kicker out there with under two minutes to go in the game from 40 yards out, and he he hooks it, gets a second chance, slices it, or whatever, whatever the sequence was. There's, this is mental, boys. This is mental. This yeah. isn't physical. This, we know Cade York, and we have seen it in his lifetime, has the physical tools to be a really good kicker. But mentally, this guy is washed right now. Yeah. And we don't have time as an organization, the Cleveland Browns do not have time to just sit and wait for this guy to write himself. Kickers help you win games. And more importantly, kickers really help you lose games. Yeah. yeah. You got to be right.
3: Yeah. I, I, I would just say, I, you know, th- these guys are, you know, their hallmark since they've been in Cleveland is not overreacting, right? So I wouldn't expect Kevin Stefanski to say anything else in a post-game press conference. He has never, as far as I know, thrown a player under the bus, you know, publicly in any way. Yeah. And he's, he's not going to start doing air. that yeah. with with, yeah. The, with a young kicker uh, you know, for, for a multitude of reasons. I, I, not that I disagree with the idea that they need to move on, but, uh, you know, I, I just think that part of it, you know, if they do make a change, I, I one, I think Brad, to your point, it's going to make sense to wait, you know, until, uh, final cuts, because there's going to be more kickers available at that point. And, and two, they're, they're definitely not going to do it publicly. It's just going to happen. You know, you're going to, you're going to look up one day, And you know there there's going to be another kicker on the roster, and and the you know the writing will be on the wall for Cade York. Um, You know, Jake, I kind of I did steal your thunder because it was your tweet that basically you know pointed out the knuckleball, uh, you know, uh, trajectory on these things that he's just kind of he's kind of punching them out there, and then they just they kind of you know they they kind of wiggle back and forth. Um, And I I think something that Mike said you know put me in mind of even if he does get this ironed out, say he goes into Kansas city next week and makes three. Do you, I am at the point now where I kind of don't trust that the next time he misses one, he's not going to miss the next six because it seems like once he gets in that mode, he, he really struggles. And it's just like tonight he made two. Then the third one, he misses. He's got a chance right then for redemption and he can't put it through.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know why, like, like, I mean, you can look up videos and I'm sure there's some kicking gurus out there who could maybe give us an idea of why it's, it's actually coming off of his. you know, last year, as you know, there were kicks that came off of his foot horrifically complete miss hits. So I don't know why he's getting kind of that halfway ball flight unpredictability. No clue. Maybe Jay Feely will tweet about it. I don't know. There are guys who kick for a living who could, uh, yeah, we really do need Jay oh, Feely to weigh in. Um, Jay yeah, I mean, the guy he did changed. last year because he talked about his I, plan yeah. for why he was mishitting. But right. um here's what it is they see what we see. And if yep. they want to continue to ride with it, it's gonna define their tenure. Like, like <laughs> if they want to risk it, they're gonna lo- they're gonna risk their job. I mean, they just yeah, are if no leaving, I'm I'm only vulnerable. laughing because it's so absurd. we have seen we've seen what they have seen if they want to try to play the patient game it might work out mid-season he might be money and hey we were patient and it worked out but they're they're running that risk they're playing that game they want to do it that's fine but it's going to have a direct result on people's opinion of you and your ultimate job
3: yeah i i think that's that's so key is that it will be a a decision that i think maybe they probably don't even fully understand you know there has there have been i'll say it this way there have been times at which I I do think this regime has been surprised or caught off guard by the media reaction, the public reaction to things. Uh, And I think them sticking by a young kicker in a season that is, you know, potentially career defining for both the head coach and the GM uh, is, is one of those things where it's a, it's a pretty, it's a larger gamble than it seems like they should be willing to take. Considering some of the other moves they've made around the roster, you know, they're not risking it uh, with that second de- defensive tackle spot. Shelby Harris is in. And, and by the way, you know, showed off that great motor tonight, really, you know, was 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 present, even though he, I don't think he showed up in the stat line. He was he was motoring around pretty well, and so that's exciting to see. Um, you know, they've, they've addressed holes. And so to see a sort of obvious situation like this, I, I just – the only thing that, that I think makes sense is that they want to play the string out because they know, uh, Brad, as you said before – that a, that a, a glut of kickers really will become available at the end of august guys did, did anybody did
4: anybody watch this on the nfl network or were you guys all the local uh, browns broadcast? i was cleveland
1: local. Yeah, local
4: so i'm in maryland i had the philly broadcast and it's it's all they talked about almost all night the all, even, even the kicks that went in they were like <laughs> man <laughs> you know it's ross tucker and yeah. and whoever the play-by-play guy is and they were like man the way this ball comes off this guy's foot i just have never seen anything like it that ross tucker said that like it just it, it, it the other teams are taking notice like the broadcasters are taking notice it's just it's a weird situation it's not things aren't right with this dude right now and and it it's it's a shame to go into a, a guy's second year and be like, things aren't right. We got to get rid of him. But this is a kicker. A kicker's got to make kicks. That's your job. It's what you got to do. And your team doesn't have time to wait for you. It, it, it just is what it is.
5: We This can be traced back to last year, right? And all the way yeah. back to his freshman year at Florida where he had a case of the yips. He really struggled. It was all mental. Last year, he talked about blanking out me and jake did a show on this where he his the actual quote was where he would blank out when he was kicking the ball like you know and that is not ideal uh for anything <laughs> that you're doing if you're blanking out when you're doing this whatever it's 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 the six inches between I ears mean, that is the problem i totally believe that because yeah. he had a problem as a freshman he got over it He had a problem last year. He discussed it. It, You should have never discussed it to the press and to Cleveland.com, whoever he did the article for, right. Uh, About, you know, his mental state Mm -hmm. where he was blanking when he was kicking. Uh, I I can't believe that he actually admitted that. Uh, But yeah, you know, this is not good uh, because now you can point to that and, it's never really gotten fully better since then. Since he talked about it like it was fixed or something, it hasn't been fixed. It's just been an offseason. Uh, he wasn't good last year. He's not good right now, uh, and they just can't—they uh, can't afford to fool around
1: with this. I saw somebody post that he at halftime, like, put the Instagram. He reposted the Instagram highlights of his kicks. So, somebody, first yeah, somebody was on
3: his Instagram at halftime. Whether it was him or his marketing. Person or agent or something we don't know but it yeah, yeah somebody we, was we on be, his instagram we better
1: happened. uh we better hope that's the case i i don't know they no it's not a good talent. look regardless yeah he has talent they're gonna clearly try to see if they can see that talent through but it's a matter of how far you're willing to take it i mean they're again the, the risk they're running isn't hurting anybody but themselves their jobs are on right. the line so we can do shows and shows and shows on this and say we're nervous because duh, but like (laughs) you guys are either smart enough to make this move and you're playing with fire, you know, you're playing with fire here. Maybe it works out. Maybe he ends up kicking well and your patience is rewarded, but you know, this could cost you games. I hate talking about kickers. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason I didn't want to start the show off with it because
3: it's, it's, there's no upside to this. You know, all you ever want is a kicker that doesn't, make you ever have to talk about them that's all you want you want the kicker that makes the field goals they're supposed to make occasionally lucks into one from over 50 you know and that's fine i saw somebody in chat earlier say you know that the ravens have a weapon in justin tucker and you know you need to try and match that i, I understand that sentiment you know uh it's unmatchable but, though but uh, that's the thing is that i don't think you can go hunting for that level of of success and I, I i said this on i i think on our show on monday mike um You know, it might very well be that they cut Cade York this summer, and he spends a year out of the league or whatever, and comes back and is you know has a ten year career where he makes a few Pro Bowls, and you know that that might happen. But it's it's you you cannot hold on to the guy hoping. I mean, it it basically is this philosophical question: Would you rather that he cost the Browns a game this year, but goes on to be a Pro Bowl kicker, or you find somebody else that doesn't cost the Browns a game this year? I I, I... mean, it's not worth
4: it. I've said it forever in all, it's it's not just football, it's football, baseball, basketball, all my sports. If a guy isn't performing for you, right, when you need him to perform for you, I do not care if he moves on and in five years makes a Pro Bowl or in four years is doing great or whatever. It's not working here and it's not working now. And that's when we need it. Yep. So it's not it, this this whole hindsight, 2020, 20, oh, my gosh, if they would have just hung on to him, look at what they could have had. Nah. If, mm-hmm. if Cade York, I would love to see him get it right here. I'd love to see him get it right here because, again, as I said before, physically he's got the tools and the talent to be a good kicker. But if he can't do it now, I don't care right. if he's with the Chargers – in 2027, and he makes a Pro Bowl, he's not doing it for us now.
5: Yeah. That's kicking, what we need. Kicking is not like any other position in the NFL. Like, if you pass on a quarterback that ends up being uh, a Pro Bowler, then you, or you pass on him in the draft, you can be ridiculed. Your front office can. But kickers are, are they, they do the merry go around thing. They've kicked for like six different teams, then they finally figure it out, right? Like, if they can't figure it out, in your tenure with you, you shouldn't be held accountable if they figure it out four years later. That's just part of the process of being an NFL kicker, I think.
1: Yep. It's like drafting these guys breaks them. There's the who's the kid that was taken in the third round this year. I mean, right. Moody. It's sometimes you have McPherson, sometimes but the, like there's a hunger missing or or something. And you ask yourself, you know, if Cade York wasn't selected, was where he was selected, would he still be here? He would not. He would not right. be here. So it's as simple as that. Yep. It it's just like Again, though, I mean, I'm just massively shrugging my shoulders. Make a decision. You guys are risking yourself. Right. And and that yeah, that's That's what it it. comes
3: back to, is that it it is out of our hands ultimately. It's incredibly frustrating. It's it it really pisses me off that this is the thing that we got to listen to another week of conversation about, frankly, because it's now it's Thursday to Saturday that you know that the Browns play again. So we're gonna it's even longer than a week that we're just gonna be stuck in kicker purgatory. Uh, I, I don't like any part of it, and I, I, I want off the ride as soon as possible. So one of the things that you get to do when you host the post-game show is that you can you can shape the conversation the way that you want. So I, I put out a tweet uh, early in the game that got no interaction whatsoever, but selfishly I'm going to bring it back up now yes. during the show and force these three fine gentlemen to interact with my stupid idea. So here's the idea. Basically, the Browns don't get Deshaun Watson – right? they Let's say that they sign, uh, they actually, let's say that they stuck with Jacoby Brissett. And they're like, Jacoby, we like Jacoby Brissett. We think he's a diamond in the rough. We're going to try and go cheap at quarterback and load up everywhere else on the roster. So Jacoby Brissett is with the Browns last year. They go seven and 10. The Browns draft Do- Dorian Thompson Robinson in the fifth round this year. Everybody in Cleveland and anybody anywhere that owns a Browns hat is screaming for the Browns to start Dorian Thompson Robinson right now over Jacoby Brissett, or really any other quarterback that isn't the guy that you just traded three first-round picks and, and paid $230 million guaranteed, right? You guys you guys see what I'm saying? Yeah. It would be a, a, the gold rush of all gold rushes to anoint this guy the next savior of Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, like, what but you're that, saying is
4: not wrong. What you're saying is mistake, not wrong, Andrew, but yeah, it'd, be a, it'd be a horrendous <laughs> mistake. I mean, anybody that understands how this goes understands that I love that we're this kid that got drafted in the 5th round that was was said to be raw and not ready for the NFL is getting so much positivity in in his yeah. early career and and confidence and all that but you throw him out there week 1 against the Bengals and it's going to be a problem like right. I, we're fortunate he, yeah. to Even be in in this position, I don't, have a guy I, like Watson yeah i don't think you i don't think you're wrong and right. that's what people would be wanting to do right but like, no, nah, that's oh, not you the, would be on the, other the side he, of that. He's not ready. That dude yeah. is
5: not ready. I, I think some people are probably saying that or re- anyways, you know, pe- I, I, yeah, I think that, it's out there. I think that uh, certainly
3: nationally, there's a sentiment that he's. Even more likable because the starting quarterback is so unlikable. Correct. I think that's definitely a
5: thing, yeah. Uh, and and that's, sure. that's the factor that that is underlying this. And the yeah. only reason that people would even say that is because yeah. of that. Um, but yeah. it, it's foolish, it would be foolish to do so, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, Lou Anarumo would make
3: Dorian Thompson Robinson look like a look rookie, silly yeah. week one. And I'm Just glad the the Browns... we've already
1: seen it, we've seen it with Kaiser, like, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Play out. But Kaiser had a lot less. Yeah, Kaiser had a lot less experience. So again, I've I've said it a couple times, but like DTR is playing this way is not a surprise. He's seen a ton of football. He played for four years, five years at UCLA. Started early. He's. I mean, I don't know the total snap count and completion, or sorry, attempt number, but like he should be playing this way. He's seen a lot of football. Now, when the things get challenging, or when Everything gets compressed, and you got a bunch of wild schemes being thrown at you, and all that stuff. That that's different. He handled tonight fairly well. He had some inaccurate moments. He had a couple times where I thought he he got a little flustered in the pocket, but but again, he was fine. What did he end up like? Thirteen of twenty five, one sixty four, and he yeah he ran for um eighteen yeah, yards. Yeah. So yeah, 29. you know, he, it would have been a fine game. He he's he's fine. He's He's in a spot that is, is perfect for him. And I know that's not what you're saying, Andrew. You're making a good point. Yeah, we would be all clamoring for that. And well, why not? He's got a lot of experience. He, uh, right. Is he the next Dak Prescott? Like, that would be the conversation. So, like, exactly. you know, I get it. I get it. Um, But then I guess you could call it a luxury spot of giving him a chance to watch and learn. Right. So I yeah. we'll hope that pans out for him.
3: Yeah. As far as how it works with the the roster the Browns actually have, I think he's making a pretty convincing argument and I know at least Mike disagrees with this that that he could take over for Josh Dobbs as of now uh I know that the preseason is different than the regular season but I I think he has shown enough playmaking ability like my my favorite genre of backup quarterback is the guy that comes in and runs around and makes something happen right like Jeff Driscoll uh, uh Taylor Heineke guys like this that just it's it's chaos ball it's not like the steady guy that sits in the pocket and does a little bit, but is limited. It's not Case Keenum. It's not Nick Mullins. It's the guy that comes in and runs around like a Viking. Uh, And you know everybody's kind of just like, what, what is happening? And then you know eventually he throws a back-breaking interception. But in the meantime, he's really fun. That's my idea of a backup quarterback. So in my mind, I'm already happy with him at at QB too. But I, I, I imagine some of you might disagree with that. So I'm literally, sure the Browns have been starting Dobbs those last, guys since
5: '99 No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Dobbs last preseason, right? Yeah. I exactly. mean, because literally, because yeah, literally, uh, Dobbs. No, he's having Dobbs's 2022 preseason. Yes, they Absolutely. are having the Dobbs exact right. same preseason. Yep. Um. So, I think that's worth mentioning, and, and mm-hmm. uh, it's good context. Yeah. So, uh, real quickly, uh can I throw out a couple honorable mentions, please? Uh, Hurst with sack tonight. Got off the ball nicely, threw a guy back into somebody, got a sack. Mm -hmm. I thought that was nice.
3: Elite sack celebration, too, the the tummy rub.
5: The tummy rub (laughs) is great. So, uh, you know, that's good. Uh, Elliott still did nothing. Uh, Schwartz, one catch for minus five yards. Spectacular. (laughs) um
4: he had that he had that rush for like a, a negative a hundred yards too so that honorable mention Brett?
5: honor i I thought it was worth mentioning the was, I honorable mention? was looking at the uh, stats and I yeah sure thought now how how oh, the shit did he did that i, I, see how I lost my <laughs> language there? i almost I almost dropped in that sorry sorry uh sorry Ian I almost dropped the f bomb there um we don't ever on. do that. Yeah, man. I'm only allowed to do that on All Eyes on Cleveland. Yeah, so. we try not to. Yeah, I know.
3: A lot of a lot of kids up watching it with, with yeah, us at eleven thirty on a Thursday
5: it's, night. It's like prime time right now. Yeah, they're going to do this uh, and then they're going to go watch Fallon. Yep. Uh, who else? I had some, oh Felton. Felton looks great. Sure. Still, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, decisive. He seems like he's running hard. I mean, Jake, you tell me. He looks good running out of the shotgun in between the tackles. I think. <laughs> Uh, I don't understand. I mean, like, I know we brought in Wilkins, but I guess everybody kind of dismisses the idea that Felton could be our running back three. Like, you know, Zagura uh, daily on, uh, Brown's daily is saying that the third running back is not on this roster. He says it every day. Uh, I I guess I don't understand why Felton can't be that guy.
1: No, he is to me. He's more than competent makes people miss a large part of being an NFL Ball carrier, receiver, whatever is. Can you make one guy miss, and he does. He for the most part does a pretty, pretty fine job with that. I I have no desire to go out and chase somebody to be the third back. If they want to, um, you know, claim that if you want to claim that they can go, you know, find some fourth back, like just an extra body. Yeah, I I guess like Wilkins could be that type. That's what that signifies to me. But Felton's been. Elton's been more than competent and he, he's he's certainly comfortable catching the football too. So I, I thought, uh, uh, guys,
4: I think, I think he's, I think he's, he's been the anti-York this preseason. Yeah. He's had the oppo York situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, I know it's so easy for everybody to be like, Oh, it's preseason and look at the competition, whatever that guy has shown actual, real tangible growth this preseason and I think it goes back to a comfort level of them making him a running back again. You are a running back, and your job is to be a running back. And I think he has been measurably and observably more comfortable and better in that role. There's no reason that guy isn't the running back three going into the air. There's no reason. I, the, the growth he's shown has been I, I think there is one reason.
3: I think there is one reason, and Joe Thomas mentioned it on the on the on the uh, Browns broadcast is pass protection. Yep, I was just going to say it's pass. Yeah. So, and I that's one that's an area where I'm not, you know, I don't know how they grade that. I don't know, you know, I don't know the first thing about those responsibilities. Uh, I I, there no blown blocks come to mind, but I think when when the the analyst says that sort of thing, and and you know buzzword. yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that plus Zagura saying that they don't think the third guy, he doesn't think the third running back is on the roster, that tells me that they're hearing something.
5: Yeah, it does. He 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 won't say anything on the air unless he's heard it. Yeah, so I I, I tend to
3: agree in the standpoint that you know from a from a running back talent standpoint, he definitely deserves a, a roster spot in the NFL. But I I do know you know, that one of the reasons that they've kind of kept the running backs they've kept is because of that, you know, trustworthiness and uh, pass protection. So I, I think, I think that that roster spot is going to be a really interesting one to watch, not only, you know, through cuts, but all the way through the beginning of the season. Cause I think it could change hands a few
5: times. Um other comment on the game real quick. Uh, I know we're probably going to get out of here soon, but surprise the Eagles went with Mariota, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, Rashad Penny, all guys that will see legit uh, carries in their running back by committee. The only one that didn't play was DeAndre Swift. Gainwell yep. is going to be one of their main featured guys, I feel like, um, and, and Penny maybe. Uh, and then uh, Mariota for the whole first half, he's there too, right? Uh, he yeah, looks god-awful. Yeah. Um, 22 and then,
1: dropbacks and 86 yards. Yeah, Not terrific. very good. Mm-hmm. You guys
4: remember when he did that? You guys remember when he like totally did that what with the Falcons right? last year? Yes. Oh, it was yep. so fun. Yeah. It was super yeah. fun.
5: And then last <laughs> comment on the, the Eagles, Trey Sermon. <laughs> Uh, looked good. So if if he's if the guy's really not on the roster, maybe put a little check next to Trey Sermon's name. Maybe he gets cut. Yep. He ran yep. the ball well.
3: Yep. All right. Uh, let's get out of here because I think you know it's <laughs> it's a preseason game. We've seen a little bit. Uh, I went too too far. Too no, lot. no, no. I too, I just I I want you know.
4: But once again, hundreds of people here. Hundreds yeah, no, we've, of we've people. We've got a great
3: group of people. I love these out, people. Watching. I love these people. I, I have.
5: I got too I, you know, spicy. Too far down the I rabbit
3: hole. I wish that I had nothing to do so that I could just stay up all night and talk Browns preseason football. But regrettably, you know, there's a, there's an alarm clock waiting for me tomorrow morning. So, uh, we, you know, we want to wrap this up. We want to give you a sort of Stand coherent on. show. I, I think, you know, some some news that came out today, uh we expect some of the starters, many of the starters to play against the Chiefs in Kansas City next weekend. So, uh I think, you know, including Deshaun Watson. So that game will be, you know, at least the first half will be something to see. Typically Andy Reid plays his guys as well. So that could actually be a pretty fun uh, first quarter in Kansas city next weekend. Uh, Other than that, let's just go around and uh, you know, sort of one takeaway. No, let's do this. One thing that you want to see between now and the next time the Browns kick off, whether it's a move that the team makes or, something from practice or something that the coach says
1: or, so, you know, anything like that, uh, Jake, I'll go to you first. Ah, oh, dang it. Um, well, they're not going to make any roster moves. The thing that, that Brad, uh, said a really, um, smart point on the pregame show we did teams are not, we had been curious of a couple things, one of which we won't know for a while how teams are going to handle the third quarterback thing, because like DTR is making the roster. So yep. if they want to save a spot, they can move on from Josh Dobbs and try to sneak him maybe back on the practice squad or, you know, you get Kellamon on the practice squad and it's fine. Like, that's what teams are going to do with that third quarterback is interesting. But we had wor- we had wondered if teams are going to slowly start trimming their rosters down. No one's moving on from anywhere. They're constantly sitting at 90. Like, yep. everyone is sitting at 90. Yep. There are no cuts happening. So, um I don't think there's going to be any roster move. I, I I don't I don't think. I guess the thing I would like to see is like some of these guys who it's crunch time for. Like yeah. Darden, Grant, mm-hmm. some of these guys that just haven't been out. I think Tristan Hill was out there for a little bit today. He was. He was. You're trying to find guys who have like, oh, he could make the roster but he's not practicing. Yep. I would love above all else to have some clue in the next 2 weeks what the long-term prognosis is of of marquise goodwin i would love to know agreed that. Yeah. um because we've had nothing now i thought i think yesterday there was some buzz that harrison Bryan is going to be back soon and it's going to work yep. out and be okay we still don't know what the condition is but the least positive news that he'll be back soon but yeah goodwin would be great and then to me otherwise it's like oh i would like to see some of these guys who just haven't touched the field at all so that's kind of uh that's probably it i don't think there's really any other roster stuff that's going to shake loose in the next week here
4: I tend to agree with that, Mike. I want to see a, I want to see another damn kicker in camp. I don't care. I don't care that we don't want to talk about it. I don't care that it's the kicker. It's important for a for for Kevin Stefanski. It's important. It's important for a team that has ambition. You have got to figure it out, and you can't be stubborn about it. Mm-hmm. And so, with I, I don't expect. I'm with Jake. I don't expect all these dramatic, crazy things to happen over the next week before they play the Chiefs. I I really like the way so many guys have played in terms of what they can bring to the depth of the Browns that the Browns did not have last year or the year before. We can't be giving up points on easy kicks. Bring a kicker in, compete with Cade York, and if he can't cut it, get rid of him. That's what I want to see. Brad, take us home.
5: Um, my thought was this, so uh, I'll leave us with this, that Watson spoke about wanting to play for a quarter mm-hmm. in the, uh, I think 10 to 15 snaps is good enough for me. Yeah. I don't want, I don't think I need to see him for a quarter um,
4: especially after what we saw tonight with uh, Philly having get dudes
5: carted off the field, let's, let's get to week one healthy and, and, and like all the people that are, you know, all the hate that's coming down now. Like I saw this ridiculous, uh, uh, segment on NFL network today talking about, you know, him throwing interceptions in training camp, but t- utterly ridiculous. And even yep. shady McCoy was like, that's ridiculous. You're talking yep. about one day of practice. Right. And, uh, but that's like the national narrative and I don't give a shit. I can deal with it. The Browns are staying under the radar. It's been quiet. You know, let, let's leave it that way. Uh, play 10 to 15 snaps, get him off the field and get them to week one healthy. And he can shut everybody up in the regular season.
3: I think that sums it up really well. Uh, so yeah, the, I, I don't know off the top of my head what the training camp schedule is for this week. I think the Browns have like one more open practice on the 20th. That uh, sounds right to me, but. Fall. other than that i think everything else is closed to the public but there maybe will be some media availabilities
5: uh and then i brad go ahead i'm going on the 23rd and 24th is the 23rd
1: so, yeah uh, i'm going on the 20th they're up there on sunday so i'll be at that okay one. okay so that's so the there's two more practices and then brad, gotcha. okay, i think cool. there's three i think brad's
2: oh,
3: right there's wow i keep getting it wrong that's no, great. Right. The, yeah there's four I'm, i have there... cade york with oh, this training God, there's camp there's practice four. schedule is <laughs> a very just...
4: standard normal situation for for andrew very I'm pretty standard. sure it
5: goes <laughs> twenty. Uh, no, I think I'm pretty sure it goes the 20th, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, all open. Jeez. Just okay. Just throwing wow. it out there. All right, boys. Perfect. I hope
4: you have fun. I hope you don't take any small children with you, and I hope it's not 110 degrees. I yeah, won't get, be taking ready ready any at small from children. What we
3: understand. With me. Yeah.
4: No. All right. So, so the Browns have one more week of training camp,
3: is what I've just learned, and then they will be in Kansas City next weekend for a game against the Chiefs. Obviously, we will be covering that, uh, just like we cover everything else. Stay tuned to the OBR for. Uh, full post game analysis of this game and uh, anything that happens with the team between now and next weekend. And then, uh, you know, we've got our full slate of shows going next week. Uh, Mike and I will be back on Monday night to break down uh, Kicker Gate 2023 in excruciating detail for an hour and a half. Uh, and then uh, from there, the rest oh, of the yeah. week of shows continues apace. It'll be a great week next week to talk Browns football. And guys, three weeks from tonight, the chiefs will just have finished beating the lions like 58 to 10 on Thursday night football to open the regular
4: season. So no love, football. no love for the lions. Yeah. Nah, Sh- not Shelby a chance. Harris. Six Shelby and 11. Oh yeah. Cool and and Shelby
3: Harris is uh, rumored to be joining all eyes on Cleveland next week. Uh, a player interview for our Brad Ward. So next week will be a big week for the OBR streaming network. Boom. Stay with us for everything. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we had a great time. Lots of uh, great interaction in the chat. Thank you all. We will be back on Monday. Until then, have a great night. Go Browns.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?